Hello, listeners, friends, all of y'all. I hope that you are having a great week, are ready to have a great week, are ready for all of the things. want to give you a trigger warning here. That means that we are going to be talking about some heavy stuff. The thing that is great about a trigger warning, I don't know if you have come up against this before in other podcasts or articles or posts, but sometimes people have something that is going on in their life right now or has recently that is just a little bit too much to handle right now at the moment. And then there is a topic that is addressed that you just don't want to read about or listen to right now, maybe while you are at work or with other people, or even if you are alone in your car, but you are just not in the right mindset to think about the topic right now. Well, this is one of those times, and I am going to be mentioning when a loved one has passed away. So this is your chance to stop the podcast if you need to and listen to it at another time in the future or maybe even not at all. If this is a topic that you just don't want or feel that you can think about right now. The reason that I am talking about this today is that it has really been all around me in the last week or so. Now, I haven't lost anyone who is close to me, but I did attend two weeks in this past week. And I also wanted to mention that I am watching the season finale episodes of the show, Million Little Things. And there's been a lot of conversation in my house about the issues that are playing out on that show. Now, also, since I wrote this podcast, we just watched the season finale of Firefly Lane last night. And same thing, same issues are coming up. It just keeps coming to me this week as the issue of the week. So first, I want to say that the two weeks that I attended were kind of polar opposites, one of them being an elderly parent of a friend. So a sad event, but one that we as a society kind of expect to happen within our lifetime. The other was the loss of someone's son, who was about 30 years old. This was also sad, but in a different way. Now, a lot of people believe that parents are not supposed to lose their children in their lifetime. And this kind of event has a different layer of sad on top of it. A lot of pain, of course, at the thought of not being with someone again, on this earth right now. Also, that feeling of loss or grief over the realization that you will not see the rest of this individual's life play out in the way that a parent or a family member expects to be able to see it. Probably had visions in their mind of attending this young man's future wedding, meeting his children when they were born, watching him live out the life that he was, of course, going to have. But with that grief, definitely comes another layer of, I want to say that the emotion that it most closely resembles is 
resentment or resistance. And that layer is the one that just stubbornly insists that this shouldn't have happened. This is the layer that I want to talk about today because I see it as almost like this very fine, very thin ribbon that just runs through a lot of things in life. But this ribbon has a very sharp end to it. And it's almost unnoticeable that it's there, but it changes an event, changes a circumstance or an incident that happens to us. Life shouldn't be like this. And it changes that event for us. It's like a filter that's laid over a picture or a film or a video of something that happens. But it's a filter that has sharp, prickly points in it. It hurts our eyes when we look at it. And we think that what we're looking at underneath hurts that the picture or the movie of something playing out is what hurts. But it's not the event itself that is so painful. It's that layer, that filter that hurts our eyes. We shouldn't be looking at this right now is what it says. This shouldn't be the movie of our life right now. It should be different. Last week, we talked about our misconception that we grow up with about friendships. We often grow up believing that relationships and friendships are supposed to all be lifelong ones. This is not what we see around us as evidence everywhere, although we can find lots and lots of examples of lifelong friendships. But we also see lots of examples of shorter relationships and friendships all around us too. But we are taught that keeping your friends is the way that you are supposed to do it. The way that it's supposed to be, or even that it is the ethical and more noble way to be as a person. You don't drop your friends. You keep all of your friends if you are a good person. Not a lot of adults teach that sometimes you have relationships that are mutually good for you, and that you sometimes have friendships that are not good for you, then you would be better to change or to establish boundaries or to end those relationships sometimes. That is more realistic and healthier to realize that some relationships are supposed to last forever and some are better if they do not last forever. So this is like that conversation. There is evidence around us that people do live to be 100 or into their 90s. But there is also evidence around us that many people do not live to that ripe old age, but they pass on when they are much younger. It does happen. It happens every day, in fact. So where do we get this idea? Everyone is supposed to live until they are in their 80s and beyond. Why do we grow up with this notion of what's supposed to happen? Marriages shouldn't end. Young people shouldn't die. People shouldn't cheat. Everyone should follow all of the rules. 
people should always be happy and grateful. There's evidence all around us that those things don't always happen. Those things are not always true, but we are raised to believe that they should be true. And of course, it's because our parents, most of the time, want to raise us to be positive, to be good, to follow rules, and to have friends and to live a full life. They want us to be happy and grateful and to have good mental health, to not take drugs and to have lifelong friendships and happy marriages. And they certainly don't want us to experience a lot of sadness in our life. But what if the point of our life is to experience life? And what I mean by that is to really experience it fully, completely, the good and the bad, to feel all of the good feelings and all of the bad feelings, to be able to experience happy events and sad events, and to know that we can handle the hard things. What I said before about that television show, Million Little Things was about this. So the season is ending. And for those of you who have never watched the show, it's about a group of tight-knit friends who become friends in a very random way. There's a stuck elevator with four men on it who become friends by deciding to get Bruins season tickets together. And then you add in all the members of their families and they become one big group. So over the five seasons, they have had multiple tragedies happen, as well as some happy things thrown in there. And this final season is ending on quite a sad note. One of the main characters has cancer for the second time and is dying. He has a new wife. He has a new baby. And there's a lot of fan chatter out there on social media and various websites about being very sad and disappointed and angry about ending the show in its final season with a death. Now, the final episode has not come out yet. It comes out this week. So, of course, I do not know how it is going to end. But I've heard a lot of speculation about how it could possibly turn around to be a happy ending. And one of the favorites that I heard is that someone had thought that they're playing out this sad ending, but then the main character, Gary, who has lung cancer, is going to wake up and it will all be a bad dream. That's my favorite version of what I've heard, because to me, it just exemplifies the strength to which we just don't want sad endings, or we really feel passionately that things are supposed to always have a happy ending. We want it to always turn out to be okay. It's okay if someone dies as long as they have lived a long and happy and full life and they've agreed that it was time to go. My feelings about this next to last episode that we watched last week is that while my wife was sitting there next to me crying the whole episode, I was just thinking that it was so beautifully done. It was emotional and it was sweet and it was sad and it was meaningful, but it didn't keep pushing the idea that it's not supposed to be like this. 
Gary had cancer and they got the news that further treatment was not going to help. And it was just so real. It was something that does sometimes happen. And I just thought it was a beautiful episode. Because I work with children, and I have been thinking about this a lot lately, this week, about stories with happy endings for children, and then move on to movies that have happy endings for us as we grow up. But what that does for our mindset, about what that does for our expectations of life, we do tend to expect a happy ending. But not even the happy ending, also the happy narrative as we go through life. Parents often feel like their babies should be happy. And then if they are crying, there is always something that needs to be fixed so that they can get back to happy again. Happy is the regular default emotion that they should have and always get back to. Everyone is fine and good is the default status that we are always supposed to be at. I also think about our cultural norms about death in our society. This Western society of the United States, our norms and cultural beliefs around death do tell us that it is expected, but it's sad when someone older dies. And that it is sad and very tragic and wrong when someone younger dies. Now, we all have our different religious and spiritual and family beliefs about where we go when we die. Whether or not we live just one life on earth or come back to earth again as someone else. And I am certainly not here to dictate or to even suggest what anyone else should believe, not at all. I know my own convictions and beliefs, and they are pretty solid. I'm not stubborn enough to feel like they can't continue to be tweaked or changed a little bit over time. They are pretty sturdy and continuing for me. I've been fascinated for years and years and I've read a lot of books about those who have died and then been revived and have come back after their experience. I loved every story about someone who has remembered previous lives and hypnosis. And I've read so many books written by and about psychics and mediums who have communicated with those who have passed on. So many of my beliefs are grounded in the idea that heaven is the realm that is home base for us and that we are here on earth to learn challenging lessons. Like this is our school, so to speak, and that we go back home again when we pass on. I believe that we actually choose the things that we go through here on earth ahead of time and that when we don't learn one lesson, that it becomes a recurring theme that just keeps coming up in our life over and over again to keep giving us chances to learn the lesson. But I had mentioned our Western culture. Another thing that has fascinated me in the past 
is those other cultures in which death is something to be celebrated, that it is a moving on and a shift in life rather than the end of life, that it is just a phase to go through like a next stage, but that it is something that people actually don't feel sadness and tragedy and loss and grief over death. If this sounds completely foreign to you, it's worth Googling and looking into. It's really easy to find those other cultures that celebrate death and the rituals that they have. And it does sound like a foreign idea to us in our culture that if someone dies, it would evoke different emotions for people than it does for us. The difference in how they feel is this layer that I was talking about. That filter of this isn't supposed to happen. What would it be like if that filter wasn't there? If it was just what it was, a shift in the reality of our world. What was happening before is happening now. It's different. Something's changed when someone passes on. They're not here with us. Our reality has just changed. And change is inevitable. It happens every day, every week, every month, and every year. And change can be so hard to accept. What is it about our brain that feels like safety is in things staying the same and not changing? Even with all of the evidence around us in life that change happens all of the time, how would our life be different if Let's say change all of a sudden felt safe to us. We really believed that we can handle every change that comes along. It's all in our mindset and it's all in what we believe that we can handle. So let me give you an example. Think of it this way. Picture someone who grows up and is raised eating the exact same menu every day. Exactly the same. Nothing ever changes. So breakfast is always this, these foods. Lunch is always this and dinner is always this. Think about the sense of safety that is instilled for that person in that routine. Now think about what would happen on the day that it's all thrown out the window and that person is served completely different foods, different amounts, at different times. Now picture ourselves in that situation, a different dinner at night than the night before at a slightly different time. We can handle that, right? But that's because that would be no big deal to us. That seems normal to us. That is the whole point. It is all about our mindset and our confidence in what we know we can handle. When we believe that something is supposed to change, the kind of food we have for dinner is supposed to change, and it does change when we handle it, we know that we can handle it again in the future. The trouble is when we are raised in a way that says that something isn't supposed to change. It isn't supposed to be different from the default. To those people, In that situation, it feels wrong when it's different. But when we know that we can handle something, 
when that isn't the default, when we have that confidence, it doesn't feel wrong when it's different. So this is how we can start. Very often when I work with children, one of the phrases that I use the most when children are upset is the sometimes phrase. When a child comes up to you and tattles about something, usually the first thing that I respond with is that sometimes that happens. So if let's say they come up and say that someone took away their toy, I would say sometimes someone takes away your toy. Now I don't end it there run off and play and let people take away your toys. I don't end it there. We go through all of the steps to teach that child what to do when that happens, how to go over to the other child and what to say to negotiate getting their toy back, maybe teaching the other child how to ask for a turn instead of taking it. But I love starting with just accepting the reality that sometimes that happens. Let's just discard that layer of belief that no one is ever supposed to take your toy. I do the same thing when a child gets a cut or a scrape. Sometimes you cut your finger. Let's just get that part right out of the way. It's called life and you get boo-boos in life. I find that working with children I use the sometimes phrases a lot. I want to believe that we can raise children who can accept reality, who don't have a default mode of everything should be good. Everyone should always be polite. I should always be happy. I would love to believe that we can get rid of that layer of supposed to, that layer of everything that is supposed to happen or what things are never supposed to happen. It's a prickly layer that hurts us when reality shows us differently because sad things do happen and they are sad because of the way that we choose to see it. Very often, we might want to be sad. We might want to choose that about something. We don't want to be happy about every single thing that happens in life and we probably wouldn't appreciate feeling happy. When we are happy, if we felt it all of the time, it's the contrast that can make you appreciate feeling happy because it feels so contrasted from sad. In the end, I think what's most important in this life is to live it fully, to really experience it, to really feel all of our emotions and to learn all of our lessons. That's what I want for myself. And as I go through life, I often use that sometimes phrase with anything that happens. It can work wonders as a reminder whether you apply it to something big or something small that happens. Sometimes people get divorced. Sometimes someone dies. Sometimes a customer yells at you. Sometimes someone beeps at you when you are driving. Sometimes it all happens. I hope that you have a good week and that you feel like you have the week that you are meant to have. Feel confident that you can handle anything and everything that comes your way. Bye for now. Bye.